I want to talk to you this morning. I've entitled my message, Calm the Farm. Calm the Farm. Can someone hand my iPad to Izzy? Izzy, it keeps, can you just make sure that it stays on? It keeps cutting off. Um, go to pages, my sermons and pages. And um, anyway, I've entitled my message this morning, Calm the Farm. Have you ever heard that saying? No. Well, what it means is I have a friend of mine uh, who ca- travels with me to Africa. And wherever we encounter challenges and difficulties, or he's dealing with someone who, who might be, you know, anxious or fearful or really worried, he just says, dude, calm the farm. Calm the farm. Basically, it means, you know, calm down. Chill out. And life and the world that we live in has so many reasons why we should be anxious and worried and fearful. And there are moments when you come to in your life where storms happen and it is really easy to not maintain a calmness or a peace because Christians, friends, we are different because we serve someone who is named the Prince of Peace. And those that are his, he pours out peace into our lives. But there are moments in life when that peace just seems to disappear. But you as a Christian have the ability, if you go about it the right way, no matter what the turmoil is going on in your world, to calm the farm, to find peace in your life. So, and uh, over over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a series on um, the purpose of God, that you were made not from an explosion of atoms and, you know, the chemicals were just right and and then you came into existence. You actually were made by a God who made you with a purpose. It says in um, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. God has made everything with purpose in mind. He made you with a unique purpose for your life. You are designed by God. You are different from everybody else. You are unique. And in fact, before you were born in the mind of God, God conceived you and he thought about a plan and he designed you, he purposed you to fulfill that plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it is really challenging in life when you are a Christian and particularly if you have a revelation that you have a purpose beyond your own that God wants to use you, that there are moments that come when storms come that want to knock you off that purpose and get you overwhelmed where you are living under the anxiety and fear of whatever's going on. And see, to live out the purpose of God, truly to get to the end of your days and when you breathe your last breath, to know that there's an assurance that, you know what, I lived out my purpose in God, that to, to get to that point, you've got to learn the process of calming down your spirit, of calming down what's going on inside your head. Um, <clears throat> the scripture clearly tells us, I'm just going to go over a few things that we've already gone over. You know, when you become a Christian, the Bible says that you then become a temple of the Holy Spirit. That when you ex- acknowledge Jesus as Lord, when you accept him, that the Spirit of God actually comes from the outside and comes and dwells within you. He lives in you. There's no longer that God is somewhere way out there and, you know, you kind of you just 
call out to him that no, when you become a Christian, it says that he comes and dwells and lives in you. That inside you, you are like a temple. You are like a, a little bit of heaven walking around and God is living in you. And because he lives in you, he has the ability to speak to you from within. That within you, if you are a Christian, there is a voice going on that is actually the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, wanting to guide you through life, to instruct you how to live out the promises and dreams that God has for you. That there's this little voice amongst all the other voices that goes on, which is the Spirit of God communicating with you, talking to you. And no matter what you go through, no matter, no matter what's going on in your world, that voice of the Holy Spirit, remember, that's the voice of the creator of the universe. That's the voice that spoke and the world came into being. That's the voice that made all you see dwells within you and has incredible power. That that voice, when it speaks within you, releases power to transform and change you, to turn turmoil into peace and calmness. But the key is, That amongst all the voices, you've got to learn and know how to identify that voice, develop a relationship with the voice of the Holy Spirit, with a person of the Holy Spirit, and learn to discern that voice even when there are so many other voices shouting out amongst life to get your attention, to cause you to worry, to cause you to have fear, to cause you to have anxiety. Hallelujah. It says this um, in... um, John 10, 27, my sheep, Jesus talking of you, a person, you are considered part of his flock when you become a Christian. He's addressing us as his sheep. You're not someone else's sheep. You're not the world's sheep. You are, in fact, someone who is loved and cared for by God, who wants to shepherd you, to pastor you, to direct you, to guide your life. You're his sheep. You're nobody else's. You're his sheep. That's an amazing promise because he looks after his sheep, because he speaks to his sheep. It says this, my sheep... Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Friends, if you are a Christian, you are meant to be hearing or listening to the voice of God. It's actually inside of you. He says, my sheep hear my voice. You have the capacity to hear hear his voice. It's whether or not you're... um, discerning his voice and whether or not you've identified it and are prepared to listen to it and give it uh, prominence over all the other voices. My sheep hear my voice. That word hear means the ability to hear an audible sound. So within your head, through life, when you become a Christian, there is an audible voice that your mind, that your spirit can hear that speaks. That is reassuring, my friends. You don't need to look for him out there. You don't need to look for guidance out there. The guidance or the Spirit of God is within you, speaking with an audible voice. Hallelujah. Can I have a wave if you've heard him speaking within you? It's good. We need to listen more to it. Uh, Last week we looked at... um, How to learn to listen to his voice. Number one, you've got to understand that the voice is inside of you and he wants to speak to you. Number two is that you have to concentrate and listen and focus on that voice. 
Number three was that you have to block out all the other distractions, all the other voices that are going on inside of your head. You see, you are made up of different types of nature. When you become a Christian, you have your natural nature. There's that natural leaning that's inside of you. There's a voice that goes off and says, man, I'm hungry. I need a Big Mac. If you hear that voice, that's probably the devil, actually, because Big Mac's bleh. No, but you know, in the natural, there's a voice that says, man, I'm hungry. My, my physical needs have something. And that voice speaks to you. You have, when you become a, or before you become a Christian, you have what's called the carnal nature, the fleshly nature. And that nature has a voice as well. And that voice is a really bad voice to follow because it's going to bring trouble. If you follow the carnal nature, if you follow the, the nature which actually is the sin nature, the Bible clearly tells us that that voice, though maybe for a short season it might you know, be sweet, that eventually it's going to cost you. You're going to pay a price for listening to that voice and it's going to bring destruction to your life. Why is the world in such a terrible place? Why? Because so much of the world is being led by the carnal voice, the selfish voice, the destructive voice. And friends, so that voice is within you, looking to control you, looking to uh, influence your decisions, looking to lead you what might seem, you know, a road to to happiness, but in fact, it's going to lead to death according to the scripture. And if you are a Christian, you're meant to believe the Bible. How many people know that carnal voice causes trouble? Trouble, trouble, trouble. But we are dumb enough sometimes to let that thing lead us. You know, that's the carnal nature. When you become a Christian, you have what's called a born again uh, experience where the spirit becomes alive within you. You are born again. There is activated that within you. There is a a nature that is born that is locked into heaven and, and that desires the things of God. That's the spirit nature within you. Three voices. And then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit that your spirit man will be attracted to. That your spirit man will be able to discern that's the voice. Hallelujah. You with me? So, um, you've got to know God speaking inside of you. You've got to concentrate on that voice and focus on it. You've got to block out the distractions of the, of the natural voice, if you really want to hear God, you've got to block him out for a while. You've got to block that natural desire and you've got to sit and just have some time. Block out the, nat- the natural. I've got to have a coffee. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. No, shut that man up for a little bit. I've got to go to work. Yeah, you've got to go to work. Yeah, you've got to pay your bills. But you've got to have moments in your life where you, where you just block out the distractions and block out the distraction of that carnal man. Because he's trouble. And he's connected to the powers of darkness. And he's the one that wants to destroy you. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? We're with me? Rightio. And the fourth thing you've got to do to hear the voice of God is you've got to shut up. You've got to stop telling God everything you want. And you've got to stop listening to what he's trying to say to you. Hallelujah. And the last aspect of you will learn through experience more and more of what it is to identify the voice of God. You've got to start somewhere. But as you do that more and more in your life, you will learn to discern. It's like if you spend time with somebody, 
you know, over a period of time, you will recognize their voice. You will recognize their voice even before they come because you have spent time with them because you know them and you know their voice and you will identify them by their, by their voice. So it's that like through experience with God, through beginning to listen for the voice, through beginning to block out the distractions, through beginning to just focus on it, you'll learn more and more to hear his voice. Hallelujah. Okay, so that was last week. And as I said this week, this is where the key is for you to learn how to calm the farm. This is where the key for you is to learn how to, you know, even though life might be crazy, even though, and you might be having to make a decision and not sure what that decision should be, that you can learn to listen for the voice of God who will help you calm your farm. Hallelujah. Do you like that saying? Calm your farm. And i got to tell you, as I was preparing this this week, I felt like God, and man, do I sometimes need to hear the voice to calm my farm. But I think some of you have forgotten to calm your farm. That some of you, you have allowed whatever's going on in your world to overwhelm you, and, 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 and you've got some panic going on. You've got some messed up anxiety happening on. But man, you don't have to live with anxiety. You can calm your farm. And it's your lucky day that you're here because I'm going to help you. I must like you. Mostly. Now, God loves you because you're his sheep. Okay, so um, I want to read and use the story um, that you've probably all heard a thousand times that is found in what's called the Synoptic Gospels. It is three of the Gospels. The story is found uh, you know, in, the, in those three Gospels. Whenever you find a story in particular in the Scriptures that is repeated in the different Gospels, it kind of, all the Word of God is highly important. Don't get me wrong. But when it's repeated, it's repeated in the three Gospels because it's like, dude, you got to get this. Dude, you got to get it. you got to get it. you got to get it because it's so important to your future. So it's in three of them. Hallelujah. The background of this is, is that Jesus was, um, uh, he had uh, been by the lake and uh, he had gotten into a boat and he was teaching the disciples and the multitudes a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff that was highly important. And, um, and then he had grabbed the disciples and sort of pulled them in a bit and explained even more about what this whole stuff was all about. And he was talking a lot about the importance of the word of God and faith. So remember, the background is really important when you understand Scripture. So he's been instructing the multitudes. He's grabbed his 12 men who are going to take on and do the job after him. And then the story happens. Very interesting. It's found in Mark chapter 4, 35 uh, through to chapter 5, verse 1. And I would like you all to stand as we read the word, please. Uh, You know, up you get. Come on, you can do it. Come on, get up. Because why? Because again, we are trying to give the Word of God a higher respect in our lives and us as a church to realize this is important. Mark chapter 4, 35 starts. On that day when evening had come, he had said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. 
And a great windstorm arose and waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Note the word, great calm. Verse 40, and he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Uh, Chapter five, verse one, they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. You may be seated. Father, I thank you for your word. Open it to us. Open it to us. Open it to us. Holy Spirit, we need you. Activate your voice within us. In Jesus' name. So, first thing I want to say is, chapter 5, verse 1. Never seen this before. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. Super interesting, this in actual fact is the first mission trip of the early church. It is the first time the disciples were activated to begin the process of the mission that has continued to today. So he had been preparing them and teaching them. They had to get across from one place to another to begin to fulfill this thing called missions. Super interesting. And you know what? You are in a blessed church because you are going to have the opportunity in September to go on a missions trip. And it might be your first one. But I want to inspire you, friends. Don't let your Christianity be some little controllable thing that you keep in a box. But take your Christianity out and live a life where God can use you in the uttermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I have a, come on, crank it up. Amen. Amen. Hey, John. Good. First mission trip. Here's the point. They're here. They're going to go there. He's done a whole lot of teaching here. And then they're going to get to there. And this whole journey across the lake is actually a huge test of faith. It's a big test. You see, to get to what God wants you to do, you're going to go through some tests, you're going to go through some challenges, and you're going to go have to go through some storms to live out the purpose of God. And this is about them encountering a storm and the effect of the storm upon them and the need for Jesus' calming voice. Hallelujah. They begin... With this, remember there's a great storm, it's a crazy storm, it's so powerful that even seasoned fishermen, these men had fished the lakes, a bunch of these men had been experienced fishermen and they're in a boat and they're like, man, this is their world, they know exactly what boats are all about and they know, and they've been through some storms as fishermen, but this storm was pretty unique because this baby even made hardened um, mariners scared. Scared to the point where they are freaking out and they are thinking they are going to die. So it must have been some kind of storm going on. But remember, 
Jesus is in the boat. And they're freaking out, panicking, in fact. And uh, they turn and they decide to wake Jesus up and they begin with the words, teacher. They say, teacher. See, here's an interesting thing. You will address people by your relationship with them often. You know, I do get called pastor because sometimes people recognize I might be a shepherd. No, I'm, I'm cool with you calling me Keith. But you know how like you address people by, by their relationship often. And see, here's the thing they've got to note. These men had panicked and had been in fear, but then they go to Jesus. They don't go, Lord. They don't go, Savior. They go, Teacher. Really interesting. You know why? Because they had not yet known that Jesus was more than a teacher. He was a teacher, and they'd seen him teach, and they'd had a whole bunch of teaching, and they thought it was good teaching because it says that they were amazed that such words could come from the mouth of a man. And they're talking to the teacher in the midst of a storm when they should be calling to the Lord and the Savior. You see, here's the point about you guys and me, is we've got to understand who he is. And if for you, it's all he is is some kind of teacher that says a whole lot of good stuff and you don't know that he's more than that, then you are missing the boat and the storms are going to come and they're going to bump you off and bump you off and bump you off. And they're going to knock you around because you don't yet or you forget Jesus is more than a teacher. This is cool. This is cool. I'm a bit scared. You know why? Because Terry and I are going on a mission trip and he gave me the sermon and I'm thinking, well, it's for them. And I'm, well, I hope it's not for me. I don't want these storms. I don't want these storms. God, I've done, I've been, but you know, I don't know. But I'm not going to be fearful because I trust God. But I want to inspire you this morning. Friends, he is not just a teacher. He is the God of the universe. And he dwells in you, friends. And he wants to speak to you. This morning, he is more than a teacher. Hallelujah. More than a teacher. Jesus, imagine, hold on, let's think about it for a minute. Let's get back to the storm. Remember I said you got a couple of natures within you? You got that natural man. And see, here's the natural man and the disciples sitting in the boat and the natural man is looking with the natural eyes and the natural man and his natural thinking starts to overtake and the natural man starts to make and allow the panic because the natural man sees things and the natural man knows that this is trouble. And see, the natural nature had taken over of these men. And friends, you've got to watch out for your natural nature when trouble comes your way because that natural nature can only look with the eyes of the natural. And if you let your life be determined by the natural nature, those storms are going to bang you around. Hallelujah. So these dudes are in the natural. And in the natural, they're still thinking he's just a teacher. Because you're meant to be supernatural. And those boys were meant to be supernatural. 
says this. Jesus speaks. Here's the thing. Friends, when Jesus speaks, things happen. It's not just the voice when he speaks, the voice of a teacher. It is a voice of the one who spoke the universe into being. See, when you let him speak and when you know who he is and when you allow him inside your head, that voice of the Holy Spirit to begin to speak, friend, you are listening to the one who has authority over all. Hallelujah. I better calm down. <laughs> nah, stuff ya. Oops. I love this. He says this. He rebukes. The word rebuke means to censor and to criticize and tell off. So Jesus tells off the wind. He tells the wind off. He rebukes the wind. He says to the wind, cut it out. He says to the natural, he has authority over the wind and he rebukes it and he tells it that, hey, you stop it because I'm above you. You're below me and you've got to bend the knee to me because I'm the creator of the universe. You see, when he rebukes, when the voice inside of you does its thing, it pushes the natural and allows the spiritual to take control. Oh, that's my grandson. He knows a good sermon. <laughs> Woo! Then he says, peace. Peace. Peace to the circumstance. Peace to the, ocean, uh, to the, to the waves. Commands him. He says, peace. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. See, when God speaks... And if you let that voice speak within you, it will push down the natural man. It'll put him below where he belongs. And what it does is then it will speak calmness and peace to you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> says this. Oh, then it says, great calm came upon the boat. Upon the ocean, upon the wind. The wind wasn't blowing and howling no more. The men weren't freaking out. Their eyes weren't seeing all this trouble. That all that natural just became great calm. Not just calm, I love it. It doesn't just say, no, just calm. It says great calm. That word great <clears throat> means mega. Mega. Not a little bit of calm, not a little bit of peace, not a little bit of, oh, it'll settle down. It says, mega calm, mega peace. Friend, does the world need to have some calming down? Does our spirit at times need to calm down? Do we need to be people who are walking through life's challenges, friend, not with a little bit of calm, but with mega calm? Pretty good. Mega calm. That's meant to be yours. Because you're one of his sheep. Because the Holy Spirit is within you trying to speak to you, bringing, trying to bring some mega calm through your turmoil, your fear, and your anxiety. I meant to say hello to all you guys on the stream too. We're so happy that you tune in. We see you as part of us. And we love to hear from you more. And so thank you for tuning in.
You're blessed, you're part of Ignite. Amen. <clears throat> Mega calm, peace. You know what the word peace means? Be silent and shut up. <laughs> when he brings peace, it kind of shuts down that natural man and tells him to shut up. Shut up, dude. Shut up. And there are voices in some of your heads, friend, you need to shut that baby up. You need to stop letting that voice dictate to you and control you and cause you to panic and live under fear and anxiety. You can shut that baby up because he needs shutting up. Hallelujah. Shut up. My wife says it to me sometimes. And she should. She is the most, I gotta tell you, I've met, met a ton of people in my journey. And my wife has the ability to speak peace. I watch her do it to so many people. I see her do it to, un, to non-Christians. I see her do it to my children. And sometimes she just says, calm the farm, Keith. Shut the heck up. Nicely. Most of the time. No, no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is you, you are a voice of calmness. <clears throat> it says this in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God, the voice inside of you, friend, when you see and you read in Scripture, it says the word of God. It's talking about the voice within you if you're a Christian. For the word of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit within you is living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So what that means is, basically, inside you, when you activate or when you allow, when you start to listen to this powerful voice, it ain't weak. It doesn't have any, it doesn't have, you know, just a voice. It's voice with power that backs it. It's living. It's not just words. The Bible, is, it's just not words, friends. It is life. And the scripture tells me it is life and life in abundance. So when that voice is activated, you've got this voice that has life in it. It is alive. It's the same voice the scripture says. And in fact, in the, in the, um, when you read what it means, resurrection power. So what it, that means is when that voice that's living is activated, same as your name, Zoe, um, life is activated that has the power to even resurrect the dead. Hallelujah. And it's so powerful. It's not weak. Sharper. And down here where it says, uh, even to the division of soul and spirit. See, in your head, you've got that natural man, the soulish man, yakking away. And it's all right, because he's allowed to be there because he was made by God. It's okay. But what supersedes that is the spirit person within you. And when you activate this living, powerful word, when you listen to it within you, there's like a division that comes down. There's like a, okay, dude, natural, shut up, 
down you go, spirit man, up you go, kind of thing. And that spirit man then feeds on the powerful living voice. It makes the spirit man within you stronger. And even to the discerning of your thoughts and intents of the heart. I'll leave that. That's enough there. You get that one? Now let's go to Jesus. The storm, the dudes are cracking up. They're freaking out. Jesus, the Lord of the universe, knows exactly what's going on. He was actually asleep with his head on the pillow, chilling out. And they're freaking out. And they go, teacher. They're talking to what they think is just a teacher. And Jesus responds, he rebukes them, and then he has a question to those who are going to change the world. He says, why are you afraid? Now imagine if you're one of the disciples, and Jesus says, why are you afraid? And they're going, you what? Did you not just see the storm? Did you not realize that we were about to sink? Kind of thinking, you know, that natural can go on inside of you. And Jesus is trying to tell them something. Why are you so afraid? Because you don't have to be. Because he was in the boat. And Jesus had come from the Father and Jesus had a purpose and Jesus wasn't going to perish in that boat. Neither were they because he was in the boat with them. And friend, you have a purpose. Ken, you have a purpose. Ken died on the operating table and he, God took him up to heaven and he wanted to stay there. I can't believe Kim wanted to stay there, not come back and see me, but I don't know, I'll I'll, I'll cope. But God said to him, dude, you can't stay because I have a purpose. Friend, you have a purpose. You have a purpose designed by God. That purpose designed by God, because Jesus lives within you, means you are in a boat that has the touch of God on it, that has the protection of God on it. You with me? Why are you afraid? Don't you get it? Do you not get it? Do we not get it? Do we not get it? Who he is? Do we not get it? That friend, he's with you. He's inside of you. So he's kind of trying to say, slap, slap. Do you not get it? Why are you afraid? That word fear, or why are you afraid, is a super interesting word because it means timid, Faithless and cowardice. Yeah, what? Oh, that coward thing gets me. He says, when he's saying to the dudes, why are you afraid? Why are you acting with such timidity? Why are you afraid? Why are you demonstrating such faithlessness? Why? Did I not just talk to you before? Have you not seen the miracles? Have I not been with you long enough for you to get it? Kind of thing. And why are you cowardice? Cowardice? You bunch of cowards? How terrible is that? Imagine I preach this message to you and call it, you bunch of cowards. You'd be back next Sunday with a, something to throw at me. But he's trying to slap them. Dudes, stop it. Cut it out. Then he says this, have you still no faith? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. See, when you activate the voice, when you listen to the voice, when you allow the voice of the Holy Spirit, this powerful voice, this voice that has life in it, 
that brings life to your spirit, that resurrects the spirit man, that it releases a thing called faith. And the Bible says that without faith, nothing is impossible. You see, that's the trouble. When you listen to the natural man, when you let that control take over, you are killing life within you. Anxiety and um, fear, I've got a list of stuff, it harms you. When you let panic take control, you know, fear is a healthy thing in regards to don't cross the road when a truck's coming. (laughs) That's stupid. That's kind of a natural, good, wise fear. But fear that overwhelms and overtakes, that ain't for you. Fear, anxiety and worry harms the body. It releases toxins. It activates blood pressure. It makes it high. It takes away your sleep. Some of you are losing sleep because, friend, you need to calm the farm. And it harms the spirit man. It overwhelms and shuts down the spirit. Instead of peace in your heart, you will have turmoil. So I'm going to finish with this. Jesus said this in John 14, 27. Peace, I leave with you. He didn't say, dudes, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to give you a million bucks. No, 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 no. He can bless you. Don't you worry about that. But he said, peace, I leave with you. When he lives in you, he has put a portion, seeds of peace. He's given it. It's there. It's in there. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Then it says this. Let not your heart, your inner man, your cardia be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See, how do you combat trouble and fear? You combat it through peace. If you have peace, you're not fearful. If you have peace, you're not anxious. Jesus left peace to enable you to not be troubled, to enable you not to live in fear, to enable you not to live with all that crazy crap that controls your thinking and wakes you up in the middle of the night. Can I have an amen? I just feel like I need to... Too many people. So he's left it for you. It's there. It will shut down trouble inside you. It will shut down the fear. And then Matthew eleven twenty eight. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Come to me. Now I'm going to go to the psychologist. Yeah, go to the psychologist. Yeah, that's fine. Don't have an issue with that. But friend, if you are a Christian and you are troubled within, he says, come to him. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, carrying so much weight, man, I just can't keep going. I'm so tired inside, I've had enough. He says, come to him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know how many times in my life 
when the storms have been raging, when trouble seems to surround my life, that friend, I have had to do the come to him. Because man, the stuff was weighing me down. The stuff had got in my head. The stuff was shutting down the spirit. It was destroying faith. And when I've come to him, when I've, when I've talked to the voice of the Holy Spirit, friend, he has lifted that weight from me. Amen. And you know, seriously, in everything that we've tried to do in God through our 40 years of serving him, we have had to do the crossover into whatever and we've had to get, on a, get in a boat and follow what he's told us to do and we've had some storms that have arose and really blown fairly hard to the point where I felt overwhelmed. But you know what? When I have come to him, friend, I have been transformed. I have been changed. My spirit man rises up and peace, mega peace dwells within me. Hallelujah. How cool is that? So can you close your eyes? Jesus, you give mega peace. Holy Spirit, you dwell within us. You are the voice that is powerful and living and sharp and shuts down the natural man and puts life into our spirit. I pray this morning for every person hearing this message. Lord, that they would call to you. That their spirit would hear and choose to listen to your voice. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I release and I calm storms and lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I calm, I rebuke that which needs to be rebuked in the name of Jesus. In the name that is above every name, in the name that is powerful. And Lord, I just speak peace and a fresh new desire to focus on your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.